On today's episode of Up in the Air, we bring on a very good and old friend of mine. She received her bachelor's degree from Cal State Fullerton and went on to become a producer in the television industry. She then moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma, but now she's found her way back to Kansas City, but this time with a big career change, becoming an on-site specialist with Stryker. We talk about why Kansas City has the best barbecue, the Kansas City Chiefs, and of course, her Los Angeles Dodgers finally winning a World Series in her lifetime. Everybody, Morgan Klein. All right, welcome everybody. Episode 10 of Up in the Air, and we bring on my old friend Morgan Klein. How are you, Morgan? I'm good. How are you? I'm excited to be here. I'm all right. The weather's good now. It's not so cold outside, so I'm, I'm in a happier mood. Yeah, same. It's been uh, it's been cold here, but it's supposed to snow here on Tuesday, and I'm not I'm not excited for it. What is the weather like in Kansas City? Because it's funny, uh, Caitlin Stanley was on here last time. She lives yeah. there too. Yeah. And she didn't know too much about the city before she moved there, obviously. And I don't know much about it either. But what is the weather like? Is it high elevation or no? Uh, no, we don't have high elevation here, but we get really bad snows. This was the last snow we had this last winter was one of the worst, um, snowed in cars stuck on the road. Um, like the day after the Super Bowl was probably the worst day because you know, the chiefs lost. So we were all really pissed off driving. Mm. And then the snow, like the snow was just really sticky and you had people like pulling over to literally scrape their cars in the middle of a highway. Um, and there was like 35 accidents in two hours. So um, that was our like pretty bad snow in the last three years. And then, I mean, the snow should be done. So the fact that it's snowing is a little shocking. And then after that week, we went up to, I think it was like 70 degrees. And they were saying on the news, it was like a hundred degree jump. So it was kind of crazy to see. It's like hot and cold, but um, now that we're getting through like spring, our snow is should be done and our um, rain should be like completely over. And then it gets really hot here, like very humid. That's what I was going to uh, say. It's got to be humid. Yeah. It's the first year I moved here, I would walk outside and I was just like drenched in sweat. So the best time to live here is spring and fall. And that's it. <laughs> like the winter suck and the summer suck. So, yeah. <laughs> and this seems to be, I mean, from what all I can tell is like, this is your favorite place. Is it? Is yes. it not now? Yes. Kansas City is my favorite place. Like, you know, we grew up in California. It's great. Moved out here. Had never even came out here. Um, packed the car, drove here from California with my parents. Did it in three, four days. Um, and I lived here for a year and then went to Tulsa and worked there. Hated Tulsa. Um, no offense to any like Oklahomans who may hear this. No offense. I've been to Oklahoma. I, it's an interesting place. I just, uh, I don't like it. I don't like Tulsa. I don't like Oklahoma. I just, no. And like, I've been to Oklahoma city. So I tried it and it's just, it's not for me. Um, and then I just was like, I love Kansas city. I need to move back to KC. Um, I think I'm probably gonna buy a house here and maybe really? settle down. I don't know, but I like, I love Kansas city with my whole heart and have chief season tickets. So I'm kind of like locked in. <laughs> and I know, you know, after college, I remember, you know, it seemed like, not that I remember, but just that I noticed a lot of people seem to stay in California. Yeah. I mean, I did. Most of the people I went to school with did. Mm -hmm. 
I think you being in a similar industry to what I'm doing now, you yeah. realize you have to move. You know, mm -hmm. you, you can't stay where you need to go. So did you know that going into it or you were just like, screw it, I'm just going to go to Kansas City, even though I've never really, you know, been there yeah. before? So it's kind of crazy how this all went down. When I was in college, I was really involved in the like TV news station and I was an executive producer there and was getting paid like through the university to do that and became really close with my professor and she knew somebody who was hiring at the NBC affiliate here. And what they do is they take you, they typically go for Mizzou students. Like they'll take four students um, out of college put you in this like news station, you work there, it's like through scripts. So it's a company like company wide thing. They do it at, I think like 17 news stations. So it's like pretty well known about the program, but they pull you in, teach you to produce, they pay for your housing, um, which is nice. You get a paycheck on top of that. And then they train you to produce and then you move up within the company. So I was really close with this professor and she's like, you know, I know somebody it's in Kansas city. I was like, okay, whatever. I know, like I have to move. I didn't have any plans to stay in Los Angeles or orange County. Like I didn't want to stay in California. So I knew that going into it, I'm going to move. I just didn't want to move to like Iowa or Wisconsin or North Dakota. I mean, I wasn't trying to be picky, but they said, you want to do an interview? I said, yes. So I did a zoom interview and this was 2017 pre COVID. So that wasn't really a normal thing. They were going to do a zoom interview and then fly me out. And like an hour after the interview, they called me and they're like, we love you. We have three Mizzou students. We have an opening. We never would take a student from California. This is what the program is. Um, you have a job. And so I said, okay. And I was the first in my class to sign a contract before graduating. I think I signed it about four weeks before I graduated. And I called my dad. I was like, I got the job. And he's like, oh, great. You excited to go to Kansas? And I was like, no, it's not Kansas. It's Kansas City. And he's like, no, the city is between the two. Like I knew I was moving yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kansas City, Missouri. And I was like, what is in Kansas? Are there going to be like cows crossing the street? Somebody said that to me and I was insulted. I was like, no. Okay. Like it's a normal city. It's going to be fine. I didn't even moved out here and did that program. Loved it. And then there was nowhere within scripts I wanted to move, but I knew the mentality was you have to move up, go to a higher market. Um, and Kansas City is a market 31 in news or 33 now. You may know that. I don't, it's 31 or 33. And I used to know it better when I was in sales. I don't, I don't remember right? so much now. Yeah. So I looked at it um, and I lost my train of thought. Sorry. But or your I, dad is telling you you're going to move and it's market, yeah. you know, 31, 33. Yeah, 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 yeah. So after the year, I was going to move up, but I only had a year experience in the program. And because I was looking outside of scripts, not within the company, they weren't really like used to this program. What is this program? So I went through Sinclair and went to Tulsa and just kind of realized um, I don't want to stay in news. I like graduated with a bachelor's in communication and film and news isn't the route that I want to take anymore to get to my end goal. And living in the Midwest, I said, I love Kansas city. I'm going to go back to Kansas city. They have great production companies that I want to start working for, but I need some sort of like a set job with income. And then I moved back here and worked for the Fox station because at the time during pandemic, they weren't really hiring 
but news was hiring because news, you know, was a predominant industry where they needed people. So I moved to here, worked at the Fox station, and then I have my now job. And that's been kind of like an interesting thing. So yeah, a long answer to your question. <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's super interesting. I think there's a lot of, a lot of people in, in the industry, they, you know, they have this idea of what they want to do. They get involved with it, yeah. but it's very difficult. It, it mm-hmm. is very difficult to, to your point, from an income standpoint, it's a lot of work, but yeah. not a lot of money. Right. And uh, one of the, one of the guys I work with says, you should always tell people, Hey, I don't get paid enough to lie, you know? And that's kind of like our running joke, but, and, and you're kind of doing the exact opposite of what I did in a way. Like yeah. I was doing the sales thing and then I switched Mm-hmm. You were doing the news thing and now you've switched into sales, but explain to me, because I didn't even really know this and maybe we never really talked about it growing up, but I didn't know you wanted to be so much in the production side of things. And you wanted to be a producer that goes out on site. Did you not? Yeah. So my like long-term goal is to have my own talk show. Right. Um, that's like my thing. I want to have that. And I went in to school. I mean, that's, 18 they're like what do you want to do with your life and you have to pick a college and how do I get there right and I thought news was going to be the way to go and then personally I realized okay if I do go news I'm not allowed to have an opinion I have to remain unbiased on a lot of things so I don't know how me being a producer I'm eventually going to switch to on air because you have to like have that on air experience and then do your switch over but I love the producing side of it Um, and when I was in college, I did news production and film production. And ultimately I have more of a passion for the film side of things because, um, I mean, I just like everything that goes into film that to me is interesting. And maybe hopefully like one day I can go into film and kind of brand my own thing. And then hopefully maybe down the road, get work into something of my own platform. I don't think I mean, 15 years from now, if I was this age 15 years ago, um, you know, maybe a talk show would be realistic. But I just personally, I don't think that's even an option anymore because in 20 years from now, I don't think people are going to be turning on the TV to watch talk shows, you know, like no. that's yeah, not. It's super interesting. It's like being in the news side of things, like I don't think news will ever go away. I think right. the way in which it's disseminated and the platform that's you know, it's being mm-hmm. put on is going to change. It's already changing. Right. There always will be a place for people that want news, but it's a yeah. lot easier for someone to pull out their phone and go on Twitter. But there's also a problem with that because it's not journalistic. It's not well thought out always. And right. people will just believe whatever a person with a blue check mark says. And, and that's what it concerns me. Did you, when you talk about not having an opinion, was that the hardest thing for you when you were producing that you oh. couldn't add more in because it it drives me nuts sometimes Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah that drives me nuts um because you know I was producing like I've covered a lot of big news stories I would say like Tulsa had one of the worst um floodings in 2019 that was a chaotic time I mean the city was flooded several counties were underwater and then we were getting smashed with tornadoes left and right like they had 85 tornadoes and um, 
that was like one of the biggest stories that I loved because you didn't really, I mean, you were strictly news. This is the information that we're giving you. Um, I don't care about my opinion. I care about your safety, but in stories where just, I don't like the protests and when people are talking about defund the police, of course, I'm not going to sit here and put my opinion, but I mean, it's really hard to sit there and write about how people want to defund the police without giving an opinion because I've, made those connections with like police officers or law right. enforcement like I call them and I do phone interviews with them or like I met the governor of Oklahoma several times and so it's just kind of hard to only put in the facts and no opinion at all and just kind of sit there and watch people like basically like terrorize malls and light things on fire and just not be able to give an opinion like not even be able to say this is wrong you shouldn't right. be like smashing in windows and just going crazy during the black lives matters protest just to even say like this is wrong that's an opinion but you can't even say that so that was really hard for me to just sit there and like because if you say I, that then it yeah. they would assume that you're against it and it's right. like exactly. wait a second you know you're looking yeah. at both sides here hey i know some people that are on this side mm -hmm. i know some people that are on this side but no matter what when it gets to a point where there's violence or people are getting hurt yeah. I think we all can agree that that's wrong, right? But you can't say that when you're producing. No. What are you, what are you drinking? I'm drinking um, Diet Pepsi. In oh, I was nice, like, what is um, that? In this nice Boulevard Brewing. It's a really good uh, brewing company here. Is this a promotion? Um, this is actually, <laughs> I am promoting Boulevard Brewing here in Kansas City. Um, I also have this Chiefs Cup and it's water. Oh, um, but like, this is pretty badass. It has my name on it. So people don't Wow, steal. just in case you forget your name. Uh, no, so people don't steal it. Oh. I left this thing at the gym a few times and I, you know, they didn't take it because it says Morgan in big bold letters. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, but back to your point, um, you know, I, I think that's the hardest thing for me. Did you get a lot of phone call? I mean, I would assume Kansas City is a little bit more conservative than Bend, Oregon. Um, right. And what I've noticed is people would call in and they would say, well, why aren't you saying this? You know, mm -hmm. why are you calling it a protest? You should call it a riot. And why right. aren't you, why are you having your anchor say this when he should be saying this? And I said, you know, sir, ma'am, whoever it is that's calling, I totally understand where you're coming from. At the end of the day, we're not allowed to have an opinion because we're yeah. supposed to put the information out there for you. And then it's up to you to decide which way you want to go and form right. your own opinion. But it's not my job to do that. And the problem is they watch a lot of the cable news. Mm -hmm. where there is nothing but opinion on Fox right. News or CNN, and they expect us to act the same way. That's not how it works. So they're, right. they're, the lines have been blurred, I think, and yeah. that's what's frustrating for me. Right. And I'm sure from a production standpoint, did you, did you notice when you would get stuff off the feeds that there is a lot of biased stuff written in the script? Did you ever change it? Um, like anything that came down from the AP wire, I didn't, I would see a little bit towards the end because when we had our wires come down, they were the information at the top and then they were stories written from other news stations that were put in there. So I did see a little bit of opinion. Mm. Um, but yeah, so it's just, it's weird. It, it's hard. Um, did you, did you have moments of where you were doing it and you because I know you were passionate about it did it become to a point where you felt like it was not as passionate and more of just work is that kind of the conflict you had yeah and I'm trying to think of some examples 
Um, when were you producing, by the way? Were you, did you have weird hours? So I, when I was in Kansas City, I worked 11 p.m. to 7, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. And I did That's the Sick Jerry show, which was right after the six. And it was more of like a fun kind of morning news mm-hmm. vibe, kind of just like fun. We can just talk about things that are trending in Kansas City. And then I switched over to the morning shift because I wanted to change. Then I went over to Tulsa and I was producing the 5 p.m. newscast the first year I was there and wanted to change again and switch to the morning news. Like, I love morning news. I think it's, you just, you talk about what's trending or the popular things. And I really hated the five o'clock newscast where you're like, good evening, 17 people have been shot. Here's the (laughs) weather. Have a good night. Oh, wait, here's sports. Okay, good night. Like, I just, that to me is not, some that's not me my personality is bubbly and here's some fun things to talk about and that's why I enjoyed the morning news so then I switched over and I was working 11 p.m to 7 a.m and that was really hard on my mental health physical health just how do you even have a social life and then the pandemic hit and everybody was kind of locked down and I said okay well everybody understands what I'm going through I don't see anybody because I sleep during the day and I'm basically locked inside too and (laughs) Then when I switched over, came to Kansas City, I um, I did the digital side of producing, which I really loved because I think that's where news is kind of going anyway. Yeah, we mentioned yeah. earlier, but I think it's going all digital and I, I enjoyed the digital side of things. And so what were you doing? Because I know you had, you were doing some stuff that was more like sports oriented, were you not? I mean, how did that work from a digital side? Because we don't have people like that from my understanding. So it works really well here because we have the Chiefs and we have the Royals, we have Casey Sporting, and we have the Kansas City Speedway. So there's a lot here in Kansas City, everything basically except basketball, and we have hockey too. Um, So there's a lot of work and a lot of opportunity with that. And because we are, have such a, like, so many major leagues here there's a lot of opportunity within our sports department and that's where you bring in the digital side and you can kind of work off of that so I did like a lot of um stuff on digital we did red friday which you would do every friday before a sunday game and then we would do a red monday before monday night games those were really fun it was just kind of everybody on set wears chiefs gear like crazy outfits we had like the headdresses before those were banned um and we just kind of like go all out and just talk about what are the boys expecting what's going on with Patrick Mahomes like what can we expect this week who are we playing what are the opponents doing and so to turn that on the digital side is just it's really fun and since you've been there I mean I've heard from from a lot of people that say Kansas City might have the best tailgate in the NFL mainly due to like their their barbecue and, and yes. just kind of the vibe and everything. So what does that look like when you're going out there to, to tailgate? And is, is it really the entire city is just behind this thing? Oh yeah. It's insane. It got so bad that they had to tell people if you are not going to the game, you're not allowed to come and tailgate because people would just come and tailgate and then sit in the parking lot and not pay for a ticket, but then bring a TV and watch the game in the <laughs> parking lot and continue to tailgate, like cook, throw, you know, footballs and stuff. So it is one of the best tailgating scene. And if anybody comes out here, I recommend going, the chiefs have their own tailgate or you can go for $10, get a beer and like three ribs and a side. And 
sit there and play bags and all these like like flip cup and you just kind of meet people who are like within like the chiefs group i guess um but yeah one of the best tailgating scenes love it you want to get there like four hours before five hours before it's an event and um yeah it's just a good time we have the loudest stadium not to like brag too much but didn't they pump was- noise in there what didn't they pump noise in there didn't they get in trouble no for that? no no everybody thinks that that's false but the way the stadium is built it is can make it sound louder than the, we the actually acoustics are. of the stadium yes yes so it makes that's how the sound oregon louder. duck stadium is too Autzen, the, the way yes. they built it it keeps the sound in mm-hmm. so that's like what they do but the loudest stadium and chiefs fans are crazy and if they awesome. sucked would you still be a fan because yeah. they don't suck at all. You're in a very advantageous position being a part of, uh, you know, what looks like it could be a dynasty. Would, would you still support them if they were terrible? Um, I would. <laughs> yes. Support them. I, the first year I came here, we didn't have Mahomes. He was just, I mean, he was on the team, but he wasn't playing. Right. Um, he was behind yeah. Alex Smith. Yeah. We had Alex Smith. So but they were still was, good. Right. They're still good. And I mean, not even Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you have, you know, you got Kelsey, you got Hill, yeah, Cheetah. Um, Andy Reid. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes is an incredible athlete, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do the next year years. But if they if they suck, they probably would be a Chiefs fan, but, but not as hardcore. Yeah, not as crazy. You didn't grow up liking a football team, did you? No. Mm-mm. Yeah. Was baseball with my dad. I was. Oh yeah, I know all about this. Mm-hmm. Um, have you met any of the players or seen any, any of the players around town? Like, is that a normal occurrence? Um, not around town. I met a few of the players. My first year I was here because I was working for Channel 41 and I did um, during the like summer camps and stuff. I would go with my chief sports guy and met some of the players then. But I haven't I haven't met any of the players. But I will say when. Patrick Mahomes and Brittany go out to eat and stuff. Um, I heard this story from a friend who was at the restaurant. They came in and everybody at the restaurant kind of went up to every table and they said, listen, Patrick and Brittany are over there. Like, we please ask, like, give them their space and respect them. Wow. And I guess, like, nobody bothered them. And I think there's kind of, like, that respect of – Yeah, the bother. guy, li- he has a normal life outside of football, you know. Yeah, you know. right. And he has a kid and – now and fiance now so mm-hmm. just kind of that respect but I have a lot of friends who have seen players one of my friends he's like a works at an auto shop and I think he works on Tyreek Hill's car sometimes really I don't know if I'm supposed to say that you might have to boil that out what kind of car is that I don't I don't know I could text him and ask it's probably him. absurd yeah yeah very expensive cars. and um did you get involved with I don't know I guess like how did how do okay so you moved to a new spot yeah and I did the same thing when I moved to Denver's like you go somewhere and you don't know anybody nobody and I don't know if you felt this but it was almost like this relief of like wow like no Mm -hmm. one knows who I am uh not that you have to reinvent yourself but you feel like there's no preconceived notions about who you are right and there's something very freeing about that and you're almost walking into the room with sort of a clean slate and mm-hmm. so any, you know, baggage or past things or what you said, and you know, it, that doesn't come back to bite you in the ass with these people. Right. So how did you approach that? Because you're a very social person. I mean, you could talk to anybody. What did you do? Or did you even actively try to make friends? 
yeah, I actually would go to brunch places by myself and sit at the bar and I just did like, the same thing. Talk to people. Yeah. And everybody's a little afraid to do that. And I'm like, why? Just just go do it. Nobody knows you. And if you look like an idiot, nobody knows you. Like exactly. you could just say my name is Sarah. And like my name's yeah. Morgan, but you know, you could just be like, I, <laughs> I look like a crazy person, but you don't know me. So whatever. But I um Sorry, I just got this notification. Is it closing the Zoom? No, it's because you had a, another thing on here. And oh, when it's three or more I'm people, sorry. I'll give you 40 minutes. You're going to have to edit this so much. I am my apologies. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you're fine. No, but I went and just would sit at bars and meet people. And I um, met this guy and started dating him. And then I went to a Chiefs game with him. And met some random people at a cheese game like just walked up to them started playing games with them and that's how I met one of my best friends now and I've kind of become friends with her and a bunch of other people Kansas City is very much like that like you have a lot of KU students and a lot of students from Mizzou and they kind of have their cliques but then you have a lot of people who have moved out here from California or Dallas or Chicago and it's just kind of like a big hub of young professionals that are people are trying to meet other people it's not really closed off here it's very inviting so when I went up to random people that's how I made my friends and I still do that like I've I've gone to church by myself and made friends that way um yeah I just kind of take it by a chance you know nobody knows you you can either be lonely about it or you can go make friends and I think that's why I've done so well in Kansas City and then I had to do the same thing in Tulsa And when I was in Tulsa, I really realized I can't do that every two years. I just, I need a community of people and I don't want to like keep starting from fresh. I can do that every so often, but I don't want to do that for the rest of my life, which, you know, you're, you are in news. So you kind of are preparing for that. But me, I just, I missed a community and I loved Kansas city too much. I said, Nope, I'm going back. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting. Like you know, I'll have conversations about it and people go, well, why don't you just, you know, when I graduated college, why don't you just move to San Francisco and, you know, everybody's here. So why don't you move to LA? Everybody's here. Yeah. And I had, you know, growing up where we grew up, I always had the idea and I always knew that I was going to leave Mm -hmm. no matter what. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have that idea and I never really wanted to come back. I have, I don't really have any desire. Right. And I spent so much time in college hanging out with groups of people. Like we were never alone. You know what I mean? Being in the fraternity, you know, being in a place where you couldn't live by yourself, God forbid paying rent, that was insane. And so you just were always around a group. And when I graduated, I ended up living with a buddy of mine and his sister, very relaxed. And then the next year, uh, you know, he left, he moved. My other buddy comes in and moves in with us. It was easy, you know? And then when I moved and I'm by myself, it was like, I've never really had the chance to do this. Mm -hmm. And it made me realize a lot about myself, tendencies, things I like, things I don't like. You're on your own time. Uh, You don't have to argue with someone on Netflix about what you're going to watch. You don't (laughs) have to argue about what you guys are going to do or where you're going to eat. You kind of just do whatever the hell you want. Mm -hmm. And I don't say I miss that, but I definitely, I'm thankful I had that time. Because yeah. it's it changed me internally in a way that made me realize a lot of things that I perhaps was missing in college, either because I was, you know, 
I don't know, drinking too much. <laughs> yeah, right. But it it was something I needed to do. And and yeah. I, I'm glad I did it. But to your point, not having a base or a community to sort of, you know, be there for you, that's hard too. Yeah, it's really hard. And like, I don't have any family out here and you don't have yeah. any family in Bend, right? No, I don't have any. No. So like, that's also kind of scary too, to... I mean, if something ever happened to you, it's just kind of like, I'm here all by myself. I don't have mom and dad down the street, but that's also kind of helped me grown in a lot of ways. And I've always kind of been very independent, but it's made me even more independent. Um, And I like, I think that's awesome that you did what you did because you and I can say kind of similar things to that, that is just challenge you in so many ways you don't even know and it made you really realize okay what do I like and what kind of people do I want to surround myself with because in high school we didn't really like you chose your friends but it was chosen for you who you went to school with you didn't have that option you go into a fraternity and you choose your fraternity and you choose your sorority but you don't choose the other people there and then when you move to a whole new city, you're like, okay, what do I like? Who are the people that I want to surround myself with? Because there's no forced community at all. And there's no like automatic community as well. Like you don't have just somebody in math class that you can make friends with. It's like, how do I, first of all, make friends too. And that is just, it's just te- taught you to like grow in so many ways that I don't think a lot of people um, have given themselves like that opportunity that we've given ourselves. Yeah. And, and, you know, everybody's different. Like some people are going to follow whatever pursuit they have Mm -hmm. and maybe they don't care so much about where they live. I thought I was going to be that way. And to your point, like I realized I couldn't move somewhere that was like incredibly secluded or in the middle of nowhere. Uh, You know, Bend, Oregon on paper sounded a little strange, but it's a beautiful place. Yeah. I couldn't have picked a better place to be in because I knew I had to start small. Yeah. but I wasn't going to move to the middle of nowhere. I just couldn't do that. At least I'm on the West coast. I'm close to home. If mm-hmm. something, you know, if I needed to go back down there, right. but it, it never made me feel like I was doing something that was crazy, but then some people, you know, they don't really care what they're doing so much professionally. Not that they don't care, but you know, they'll go, go to work, but they'd rather have to your point, the community, live in a city that they like. And I totally respect that. And I get that more now than I did when I was, you know, 15, 16 years old saying, yeah. I don't care where I move, I'll go wherever. And I don't care right. how much I get paid. Well, yeah, then you say that, but then you get older and you're like, God, I have bills and, you mm-hmm. know, things happen and, and I need people to be around me. And it doesn't right. become easy anymore to just be like, oh yeah, I'll go wherever because it's yeah. not realistic. No. Especially, I mean, especially now, today's day and age, I mean, I think it's a little bit easier to communicate with people and FaceTime and, and do what we're doing right now. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't replace actually being with people. And that's, right. that's what I didn't like about the pandemic was, you know, Oh, well just stay inside and you know, we'll be all right. And I get that to a certain extent, but it's very unhealthy not to be around people. Mm-hmm. Especially like us extroverts. Like I have several introverts friends and they're like, this is the greatest thing ever. And I- what no where are my people I need to see people yeah um so I lasted probably like three months I think until I went a little crazy did you uh did you know any people that got it or did you experience any negative backlash from it or I mean how were things for you professionally and personally when that first started 
so when it first started, I still had to go to work because I was doing the morning news, which is very important, but I didn't really see a lot of people. Like when we did the lockdown, I mean, I had a note from my boss that said, she has to be on the road at 11 o'clock and is going outside of your, um, like hours that we weren't allowed out. Right. Like, right. You know, like how cities did that. Yeah. They curfew. Um, yeah. Curfew. Thank you. But I didn't really surround myself with anybody because I was working overnights and sleeping during the day. So I didn't have a chance to get it essentially. And then when I moved to Kansas city, I moved here back in August. So still during the pandemic, um, but like it kind of had started to it wasn't being spread personally what I I don't know see I don't know the statistics so that makes me a little nervous to comment on it but I had my hub of people where we were all working from home we weren't really going out we would go to the grocery store and that was it and that was fine so I also didn't really have a chance to get it because I I was taking the precautions and then when I got the new job in the healthcare field, I got vaccinated. So I'm fully vaccinated and I haven't really known anybody. I have a few friends who got it, but it wiped them out for two weeks and they were fine. Um, thankfully, I don't know anybody who's passed away from it. Um, so I'm very fortunate in that sense, but everybody you know who's got it, they seem like they're, they're okay now. So you hear him barking. Hey, there's no one there. You're dreaming. <laughs> okay so we won't edit that we'll leave him in there he just wanted to make an appearance so you go through all of this is is while this is all happening do you have this idea in the back of your mind that you're going to switch careers how did this come to the forefront you know what's going on in your mind and then what makes you finally make the transition that is an interesting question I love that because I get asked that a lot so I had made the decision news is not the way for me to go. I, um, my personality, the way it's structured, like I love writing, but I didn't love writing about, uh, you know, fires and murders and rapes. Like that to me is not the writing that I wanted to pursue. So I just have always known that I love producing and writing in the back of my head. What can I do with that? I went to school, got a communications and a film degree. And then I decided I need to get out of news and I need to do something that's going to obviously pay my bills. And my mom, um, she's a sales rep, you know her, she's worked for J&J for 25 years. She is incredible at her job. And I've just kind of always been surrounded by that um, and seen how she's succeeded and just kind of kicked ass at what she does. And then I decided I wanted to get into healthcare because that's all I've like known besides film, I guess. And I wanted a job that wasn't necessarily like, like medicine. I do want to get into healthcare, but I didn't go to med school. I'm not educated on anything in that field, but what can I do? That's kind of communications based. And that's when I found this job. So I'm an on-site specialist for a hospital here in Independence, Missouri, which is like 25 minutes out of Kansas city. And I am basically like their communications rep, customer service person. I go in and I assist during surgery, during like minimally invasive surgery and kind of assist the surgeons when they use our camera and lighting and video equipment. So it still is like pretty cool because I'm combining the communications, the video aspect, and it's in a whole nother industry. Like when they take out your gallbladder and appendix, they're putting in 
you know, little holes and then they go in with a camera and that's how they get it out of you. And they just do everything basically through a camera inside instead of like doing an open belly. Um, so it's kind of cool because I still work with cameras and lighting and all that stuff, but um, I'm really good at talking with people. I have that I've always been like that. Um, so I get the communications aspect out of it. So yeah, now I do this job and it's really fun. And a lot of people ask me, sorry, what? No, no, yeah. Uh, a lot of people ask me if I want to go into sales, but I am not sure if I want to do sales. I'm not really sure the next opportunity, but I will say that this job has taught me a lot about people and working with different types of people. And, um, you know, like film is still a hobby of mine or a passion of mine, but I think I can try to start doing both again because I miss that. And within this, like why I went for this company was because there are a lot of opportunities. So if I miss the writing, the video production and the communications, there is that opportunity within this company. So I could kind of get back to my roots and my passion, but just do it in a different industry, which is fun because it's always changing and it's something new to learn. And yeah, so that's it. Basically. So on a day-to-day -day basis, what do you do? Like, what does a day for you look like? Because a lot of people are going to go, what is an on-site specialist? What is this company? You know, mm -hmm. So on a day-to-day -day basis, if you could sum, sum it up to me in layman's terms, what, what are you doing? Okay, so um, if we have a surgery at 12 o'clock, mm -hmm. I go in, I basically set up the room for the case with our camera equipment, our lighting equipment, and our like video screen mm -hmm. where they can see everything that they're doing inside the stomach, like in the abdomen. So I go and I set everything up and then they put the patient to sleep, they drape them, and then they'll put in these like kind of ports around like your, like they'll go in through your belly button with a camera and then they'll go in and make like another incision where they're putting like a grasper or something to take out like your gallbladder or an appendix. But they see that through the camera and I basically work the camera off of like the sterile field. Like I don't touch the patient at all, but I'm over here assisting with the camera and the video source so they can see that while they're inside the patient. Wow. So how did help? you, I hope that helps. Yeah. You. How do you get that yeah. job? Because obviously what you're doing before really, you know, is not directly related. So was the interview process difficult? And did they ask you, you know, why do you think going from this industry to this industry, what, what, what pertains to us? How does that work? So I love Unless that. You're really just that great at talking to people and you can just convince people to hire you. Hey, I'm a really good worker. Please hire me. Um, so <laughs> Please, actually, I yeah, I need money. I need to pay the bills. So actually I learned a lot through my news, um, like my experience in news that kind of, I feel like has set me up for this and it's crazy to like tie the two together, but as a producer in news, you have your reporters, you have your director, camera crew, you've got, you know, seven different people all working kind of with you and you're kind of like helping them navigate and like during breaking news i mean things are hitting the fan it's chaotic and you've got to kind of be like the calm person to kind of help navigate people like when i was the whole may 2019 flood i mean that was chaotic in tulsa and we had like seven to eight live crews like we had to put them on a minute and a half and it was just live anchors, live anchors, live anchors, director do this, camera crew do this. And so helping kind of like navigate and staying calm during chaotic situations, I think really gave me the experience that I need for this job in a sense that like, 
when something happens during surgery, there's a patient asleep on the table. How are you going to like keep people calm and like help navigate them and basically like converse with them to get to your end goal? And like I said, like communication, I think is one of my stronger suits. And that's what I was doing as a producer. And that's what I'm doing now. I'm basically like a customer service people mm. person, just keeping the like surgeon, You're the liaison, but the bridge yeah. between the surgeons yeah. and the equipment. Right. So that's how I kind of went into this. And like, I work for a medical device company. Um, and a lot of it is just like knowing your product and knowing how to work it. And my product is cameras and light equipment and like a big tower that shows you what you're doing in those minimally invasive surgeries you get grossed um, out no it is so cool you see like blood and guts and it's like i can do it oh i love it i think it's i think it's freaking awesome and you're in there the whole time yeah the whole time the whole time yeah the whole time it's awesome what's the longest surgery you've had to sit through i think it was like two and a half hours that's not too bad no because they can't have that kind of equipment in the person that long i would suppose yeah i mean the patient can be asleep for quite a while but i mean i don't work in like you'll have your like total knees and total hips those can take hours mine's a very minimally invasive and like i'm not even in um like gallbladders and appendices like that's what i'm normally in when they take them out but i've seen gastric sleeves gastric bypass and stuff like that so i've seen those which is Honestly, it's really cool. <laughs> and so when they say, would you get into the sales side? Are they saying you would move up in this company and then be the person selling the equipment to different hospitals? Is that what they mean? Yeah. So right now I'm in endoscopy, which endo, that's what I'm in. But if I wanted to go into sports med, I could do that. If I wanted to go in like craniology, I could do that. If I want to go into trauma, I could do that. So there's a lot of options, but like I said, I don't know if I'm going to go into sales because I still love that communication and that writing and that video production side of me. And like, you can do that within the company you can move up and pursue that. So there's a lot of, um, and that stuff to me is fun to write about. I mean, writing about robots that help assist during surgery to me is way more entertaining than writing in news that just, and what I struggled with most being a producer is I would write it but it wasn't my voice. It was my words. Goose. I don't know what he's hearing. He's never done this before during a video. Goose. Hey, no one's there. He used to have a little squeaky bark and now he's got this big boy bark. Hey. Big scary dog. Yeah, right. Continue. Um, I don't know what I was saying. Oh, just the writing is... Yeah, you have more leniency you have more creativity Mm -hmm. it's more interesting the thing that i i haven't liked about producing because i have to produce one day a week is you have to write it so it's timely and so people can digest it easily but sometimes it requires you to almost dumb it down in a way yeah and it's up to the anchor to sort of deliver it in a way that's more creative and or conversational but if you look at the words for what they are you know, it's, it's not terribly complicated. It's sort of simplified and it's digestible bites. You know what I mean? And so to your point, I worried about my writing because in college, that's all I did was write. And I would say I was probably a better writer a couple years ago than now I'm better at getting the information concise and getting the facts straight. And I'm fast at it, Yeah. but I don't know necessarily if 
if my creative writing has improved whatsoever, if anything, it may have declined. Right. Um, but to your point, I mean, it, there's a ton of different things you could do in companies that relate to what you want to do. There's a yeah. lot of companies out there that need people like you. It's just a matter of finding the avenue to do it in and, and actually enjoying the company and or where you're at. Right. So, and like going to that, like I've really realized I love production and creative writing and it's my face and it's my work and in news, I like just, I didn't get that. And that's exciting to find industries where I am needed. Um, but news just wasn't it. And you, I know you're into film and, and I was a film and media studies major. So I had to watch so many films and, and, you know, criticize them and do film theory. And it was a lot. It didn't really help me in what I'm doing now, nor do I think it's necessarily an industry that you can make a lot of money off of right away. Right. Uh, but the, the one, the number one thing that I've missed perhaps besides, you know, seeing friends and family is throughout this whole thing, the inability to go to a movie theater. And that was something I really enjoyed. And I don't know if you feel the same way, but I, I feel like we killed that industry. Like we entirely killed the, the whole thing. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And um, like studying film for me has made like watching movies not enjoyable. Yeah. It's <laughs> Is that like what you were kind of saying too? Like you just kind of yeah. critiquing it. You're like, wow. Yeah. You, you start wow. to figure movies out really quickly. I mean, because you look for cues and you start to see patterns mm -hmm. and I started to pick up on a lot of things and it was almost like I couldn't just sit and be in the moment. Right. I was watching something and then predicting what was going to happen next yeah. oh that foreshadow foreshadowing uh they're setting him up this way oh it's not going to end that way that doesn't make sense things don't won't come full circle and yeah. so i i got really good about picking up on things which was good for work and, and school mm -hmm. um but to your point it almost made watching the movie like oh man i already know what happened you know yeah. i've gotten less I don't know, tactical about it because I'm not studying it all the time like I used to. Right. But there was a period for about two, three years there where uh, I would watch a movie and it was like I was watching it not as just a fan or as yeah. how I normally viewed things. It was like thinking and processing and working things out. And it can be fun sometimes, but sometimes you just need to watch a movie and just kind of relax. And just turn your mind off and not critique yeah. everything a little bit. And just be in the moment of it. And, and, what I liked about going to the movie theater, even though it was overpriced and the popcorn was $10, was it was a time for you to go and there's no distractions. You're not on your phone. Mm -hmm. The sound is there. It's on a big screen. It's being broadcast in a way that it was meant to be. You know, mm -hmm. we weren't meant to watch movies off our phone. Like, I don't, no director is thinking in his mind, oh, I want to have this on a smartphone. But no, they're thinking about it in the whole grand scheme of it all. And we've taken that away. And I don't know if it'll ever come back because everybody just wants to stream. But I don't, yeah. I don't enjoy that as much. It's not the same to me. It's not an experience. And yeah, you can save money doing it at home. But there's nothing like, to me, going to a big premiere and watching something and fully being immersed in it and not having the distraction of, oh, I'm going to go in the fridge and grab something. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And it's insane to see that because it is really sad. Like when I was studying it, it's just, it's weird to think about how much has changed since we went to college. It's only 2021. And I know I was like, thinking about this yesterday. <laughs> news has changed 
crazy, like an insane amount. And film has changed an insane amount. And when my friends graduated college, they stayed in Orange County and they stayed in LA and they try to make it that way. And then they realized, okay, there's starting out in film is so hard because there's no money in it. And I think I've, I'm very thankful with how I did it. Um, you know, it's a passion of mine. It's something that I can do as like a side gig to kind of get my experience there, but I don't have to rely on it as a paycheck because a lot of people had to move back in with their parents who I went to school with. And they're like, I can't support myself because you would get like a gig here and there and you're just an assistant. And that's not going to pay a lot of money until you get very well experienced. And LA is not really, I mean, yeah, that's where it's thriving and New York and everything, but you don't, you don't start out there. And that's kind of what I love about Kansas city is there's a few production companies here. So there's opportunity with that as well. And the film industry is kind of also like moving to the Midwest. Like there's a lot of movies being filmed out here and a lot of movies, like there were a few movies being filmed in Oklahoma when I lived there. And I think there's just kind of that cheaper. Yeah. It's cheap. So exactly from an economic i mean that's why atlanta became a hotbed for a lot of these yeah. studios because right. it's much cheaper than doing it in la the reason everything got moved to la is because it was too expensive to do it in new york mm. now it's too expensive that. to do it in la so you know you move and you find what's better for you economically but i i don't know i just get concerned that it's an art form that we're gonna lose i just feel like it's not the same i feel like I feel like television from a writing perspective has almost surpassed a lot of films in a way. I think the characters are more compelling. I think uh, the storylines are more compelling. And I think people want to view something over the course of their own time schedule rather than a two to two and a half hour, you know, one shot, one gulp, take it all in. They'd rather watch something progress over time and have it be something that they come home to and they'll binge watch two, three episodes before they pass out. Right. Um, and I've gotten hooked on a lot of shows like that. And I'm like, God, the writing in this is fantastic. The acting is great. And these characters might be more compelling than a lot of the films that you're seeing nowadays because it doesn't have the same luster that it used to. Exactly. But don't you think that also says something about our attention spans? Because think yes. about it. Like, it's sad that people can't go and sit in a movie for two and a half hours because they've got to do something. And when you're watching Netflix, you can pause it and go do something. And I think that's has a lot to say about our society and our attention spans. And I think I like the way phones and social media is starting to play a game in like how we communicate with people. I mean, it's, I feel like people aren't really having deep conversations anymore. It's kind of like short and just I mean, dating alone is just kind of turned like all onto social media. And it's like, (laughs) like our parents, you know, they met at like a blind, like my parents met on a blind date and they got engaged like six months later. And you don't really see that a lot anymore. Your old man did not waste time. Yeah, no, they right to it. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Or, you know, you hear these stories of people like just met at like a fair or at a bar or something and it's like you don't really see that a lot like you don't really see people going up and just starting a conversation with a stranger like how you and I went up to like sat at a bar by yourself you don't see a lot of people doing that because there's not a lot of organic conversation taking place and you know I think we were born at a time where we we've seen everything change so I still think there's a lot of that in us I do think it's changed my attention span I mean I've noticed myself 
sitting and watching a movie and finding it difficult not to check my phone throughout the two hours that I'm mm-hmm. watching something. If it's brand new and I haven't seen it before, I'm, it's easier. But it does say something about our attention span. And I almost feel, and I was, I was telling uh, people about this the other day, I almost feel like when people are watching a Netflix show, they almost feel like they're accomplishing something. Like, oh, I got through that episode. Do you want to watch the next one? And, and they almost feel like they've done, like there's some sort of check mark along right. each episode. Like, yeah, I binge watched six episodes. It, it makes them feel like, oh, on to the next. And to your attention span point, it's the same content. It's right. the same show. But because it's a different episode, because there's a transition in there, I think people feel like they're getting something done and they're getting their appetite for the, you know, oh, my attention span can only last 40, 45 minutes onto the next episode. It's the same show though. It's just, it's just an entirely different way of digesting yeah. it and, and taking it in. But there's no question our attention spans suck and it's because of these damn phones. And that goes to like my very first thing that I talked about here was I've always had this passion of having a talk show, but like, that's not going to happen. Like I, I mean, it's great to dream and stuff, but realistically, over the course of 10 years, social media has changed so much. People don't turn on the TV to watch like shows anymore. Everything is on, like you have people watching news. Yes. Cause you need the news. You need the information. That's great. You want your local news, but other than that, people don't pay for cable. Like I have rabbit ears and I get four main channels for news. And then yeah. I, and that was like, I got rid of cable too. And I, I like cable. I like live TV, but I just didn't see the point in having it anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what's the point of having a talk show? It's not going to exist in like, you know. And, and the, I hate TikTok, by the way. I could go on that for a whole hour. But I don't like TikTok because I think people are just doing things for attention. And I don't think it's that creative because there's a lot of people just copying each other, dancing or doing whatever. Right. I don't really think it's that interesting. And I think a lot of it too is set up and is just meant to get attention. Mm -hmm. And my concern is that you have a lot of people that are just fighting for attention. They want views, they want clicks. And the people that are getting the most attention, I mean, look at last night, this Jake Paul guy fights uh, in a boxing match. He's not a professional. Right. Fighting a guy that was a professional who's basically since retired. And you have all this attention on a person that, never went to school for anything. I don't think he's doing anything to help anyone else. He's just doing things for attention. And we idolize, not we, but the younger people idolize these, these guys. Like if yeah. you ask a young kid right now, he would say, oh, I want to be a YouTube influencer or a TikTok influencer. And sure, that's great. But I think it loses the ethics of it, of actual news or actual entertainment. Like Right. Why aren't we celebrating people that are actually talented and entertaining yeah. rather than some guy who just makes himself look like a jackass right. on social media? I don't get, I, I hate that. Maybe I'm old school and maybe I'm being the grumpy guy, get off my lawn. But it really bothers me that we've, we've you know, basically put entertainment, real talent on the back burner. Right. I don't know if you've noticed that. No, I've noticed that. And going off of that, when I was home for Christmas, we, I went on a walk and it was uh, me, Brittany, and Kalina from, you know, high school, and yeah. we were walking, and we saw these girls wearing these, like, really high stilettos, and these short shorts, they were wearing, I don't know what they were wearing, but these weird outfits, and they were obviously making a TikTok video, and, like, we just looked at each other, and we were like, 
what like we used to go out in the streets and like play kickball or like play basketball or do something active and just like use your imagination and make a game and now there's these kids who are just making these tiktok videos and wearing these weird outfits and it's like what are you doing like i'm almost worried about what it's gonna do to our younger generation but then i've kind of read these articles that like our generation we're seeing like you said we're seeing the impact of it and we're seeing how bad it is that like it's kind of going to restart itself in a sense that we probably aren't going to give our kids a phone until like I don't plan to give my kids a phone until eighth grade you know because I've seen the effects of what it's doing to kids and it's like our generation has kids it's going to be like we've seen what it does we remember using our imagination to kind of play outside and like that is gone and so it's going to kind of like restart the system i don't know i've read articles on that and that's no i i think to your point it it, it's almost like it's going to implode you know it can only go on for so long and people always used to joke that oh you know life is a simulation and we're just going to end up becoming ai and and living in a computer and it's like we've gotten to a point where people are solely living their life virtually yeah um, through this technology and and I question if the kids that are doing those TikToks, like, is that actually fun or are they just focused on the end result of, hey, maybe a bunch of people will give us, you know, this gratification yeah. and these phones, it's, it's almost like a, a way of gratifying you and giving you this, you know, dopamine level rise of, oh, I got a like on a picture. I'm accepted right. now. Oh, someone's liking this. And you almost feel like you have to go out there every day and put on a front or do something cool so other people will like you and and I question if a lot of these kids like do you actually have fun doing this or are you more concerned about being accepted or getting more likes and views on your post and and I don't know what their answer would be because to your point they didn't see the other side of it either so they don't know any other way right as a parent there's no way in hell if my you know, seven, eight-year-old kid wanted a phone and be on TikTok, I'd be like, no, like, it's just not happening. I didn't have a smartphone until our senior year of high school. We know our, your text messages were green. So (laughs) they were green for a while. They were green until like only two years ago. That's true. That's true. We all know that you didn't have a smartphone though. It was, yeah. I got that in college too, that everybody would, uh, would rag on me for the green text messages. And I remember I was getting ready to leave for Denver. I had accepted the job. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to go to the iPhone family. Like I want to stick with Samsung. They've been good to me and I've never had problems, but I want to FaceTime my family and my friends. Yeah. And so I finally went and pulled the trigger and everyone was like, oh my God, we're not seeing this, you know, stupid green text message anymore from you. And it, it yes, I think it made people more willing to <laughs> actually want to message me and, and right. talk to me. And I love FaceTime. It's fantastic. But um it's made me keep in contact with people a little bit better. I mean, I know, I don't, I was trying to remember the last time we had an in-depth conversation and I want to say I called you, but I don't remember when that was. I think we saw each other last, um, Christmas. Um, not no. this last Christmas, but the one before, the one before? That. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. We met at Josh's. Yes. We met. Yes, yes, yes. Josh's I remember and that. CJ was there. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Game night, right? We were playing. Yeah, game the, yeah, yeah, something. Yeah. yeah. And then I, 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 I remember we were staying in contact, and I, I feel like I called you. That was a long conversation, and that's another thing to your point. Like, I don't know if those types of conversations are going to be had between people. It's like, 
yeah i'll send you an instagram video and i'll like your picture and you'll get a snapchat Mm-hmm. But are people going to be even interesting at all right. or have any sort of imaginative, you know, imagination of anything? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't know if people care. That's the thing. It's like, it, it all comes down to like, are people going to care to change? I have right. no idea. Well, I feel like it's just going to turn into this thing where people are just doing it like, okay, these kids, right? They're doing it for likes, but then you're excited and you get this rush when you get this like, right? Like that, that's exciting. But then what's the next thing after that? And what's the next thing after that? Like how much is it going to like basically implode? And like, what are you actually, is anything going to ever make you happy? Because right. you know what I mean, when and is enough enough, enough enough. And like to go off the phone call thing was, you know, Josh and I catch up on a phone call and we talk for like an hour and you don't really see a lot of that nowadays people don't just pick up the phone and call like that's a very old-fashioned thing he's old school though that's how he yeah. communicates he but hates that's how i am yeah I'm, like, I, I'm the same way i'm like i would rather i would rather facetime or call a person and just do it that way than yeah. you know a constant like social media back and forth i mean i will say he does call me a lot and i can't answer because mm-hmm. i know he's going to want to talk for an hour and i'm like dude i yeah. still have an hour yeah um but that will never that I'll never lose that with people that I've known for that long like I wouldn't have any problem giving you a call 10 years from now and talking to you for 45 minutes that's a good thing in my mind but I don't know if that's gonna really happen that much anymore I can do it with my parents for hours I can do it with some of my best friends that I grew up with for hours but a lot of the new people you meet uh I don't know if they're if it's gonna get to that point where we can enough to do that and it's weird too, like you're not going to see these kids who are doing these TikTok videos and constantly looking down and texting, like they're never going to pick up the phone and call. No way. Anybody. I don't even know if they'd be able to. Right. So. And then everything is so lazy too. You could literally sit at home all day, order everything off Amazon, order your food through DoorDash. You could get in an Uber and go somewhere. Right. And you could go to a bar and never have to talk to anyone. and you know, mm-hmm. scan it off your phone and order that. I mean, it's, it's getting to a point where uh, the skill of human interaction, you know, I suppose yeah. having all these things technology wise is cheaper for a lot of companies. You're going to lose a lot of the human aspect. And mm-hmm. I, I would hope that people that have that in them would be more valued later on rather than pushed to the side, but right. it all comes down to money. And I don't know if that's going to be worth it in the end. Cause they'd, Instead of having a guy at McDonald's flip burgers, why wouldn't you just have a machine do it? Mm-hmm. It's mean, kind of scary to see like what could happen in the future, and it's changing so fast. So. Do you uh, do you feel like there are things that are different about you or your habits now since this whole quarantine and lockdown? Well, are you different, Morgan. Yeah, am I different? What has your life come to? Yeah. Um, see so like I was working from home when I moved here I was working from home when I was working at the Fox station doing the digital stuff for three months and then I got into this new job and I go to work every day so I don't think I've been impacted by the working from home like I was for three months and I really saw how that changed my personality very quickly 
Um, I was not my happy self. I wasn't motivated to do anything. It was very toxic, which I know people have been doing that for years. So I try not to like say, oh, poor me, because I did it for three months. But I go to work every day and I'm still getting like that human interaction, which if I don't have that, that is going to change my personality. And if I'm not having real conversations with people, um, I'm not gonna be the same Morgan. So I haven't really seen it change my personality at all, just because I don't think it's impacted me in a sense of like isolation. I haven't really like experienced that truly, to be honest. So um, no, haven't changed. Still same Morgan, you know. I was hoping you had changed. I know you're like, oh, shit, kill yourself. <laughs> still the same. But no, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, if I don't have that, like I can't work from home. I can't. Yeah. And I had to start doing that in Denver and it drove me nuts. Mm-hmm. And I hated it. I, I need a separation between my work life and yep. my normal life. I like dressing up to go to work. I like, you know, looking nice and feeling like I'm in a, you know, this is my work uniform, if you will. Right. I don't like going around in sweatpants all day. I don't like wearing the same thing all day. I like to come home and unwind and feel like I accomplished something. And now this is my separate personal life. Right. That drove me nuts. And then when I started working here, thank God we were in the office. Then there was a little period where we were remote again when we went into extreme risk. And I hated it. Yeah. And, and I was just miserable. I was more irritated by things. My mood would swing mm-hmm. much faster than normal. Um, I suppose I wouldn't be a very fun person to be around because I don't have that separation. Right. And that's very difficult for me. And so no matter what, I think what this has taught me is I could never do that. Mm-hmm. And I, I would need somewhere to go to mm-hmm. and do my work and have a separation. Otherwise, my work would suffer. Other people would suffer that I'm, you know, friends with or, or work with. Right. And I, I never can go back down that road. I can't yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, how long were you doing that for? When did everything start in March of last year? Mm-hmm. So from March until I got offered this job May 4th, 2020. Okay. And I didn't let them know maybe till a month later. Okay. I think I kept it secret for like 30 days because I needed it. I wanted to make more money and just, you know, write it out. Yeah. And I think I held on to it. So yeah, basically from like March to June doing that. And it was awful because I had a small apartment. My mm-hmm. girlfriend had just moved in with me. And then all of a sudden we're locked in together and it tested us until the very end, man. Like, yeah there were days where I was like, this is not going to work. And we are just going to hate each other because yeah. we have no space. And yeah. I'm struggling with my job because I hated cold calling business owners who were suffering because of this thing. I hated it. Yeah. I didn't feel like what I was doing was helping anybody. Right. And she's miserable because I'm in a bad mood. Yeah. She gets let go from her job that she had just got there. Oh, no. And so it was a nightmare. It was a freaking nightmare. And I was like, what have you done? What have you gotten yourself into? And I am so thankful we went through all of that because it definitely tested us right out the gate. And I said, if we can get through this, we can get through a lot of other things, you know? And and it made moving here so much easier because she was like, you know, we've been through a lot already. Mm -hmm. We haven't even known each other that long. And it feels like I've known her like my whole life. So it's, Aww. it's tested us but I, yeah. did you did you do like 
dating sites and all that like because you'd rather go up and talk to people so do you, yeah. did you have any interest in like I mean you don't have to diffuse uh, all that information but no I wasn't really doing the dating apps I kind of just met people through other people um like I've done the dating apps before but that strange huh? through, yeah I don't it's just not natural it's yeah, not it becomes natural because I think everybody's kind of doing it like when I first moved here, I was doing, doing the dating app and then I met somebody and then that turned into a two-year relationship. And then I was living in Tulsa and then I had met somebody and was dating them. Um, and then I moved here and was dating somebody here. So, but I wasn't doing it through the dating apps. It's just that, I don't know. I feel like so much is changing and like going through social media and through apps. It's just like, it's not natural. It's, no. that's not how humans interact. Um, so for me, it's just kind of weird. I avoid that. I just would rather meet people naturally. So yeah, I don't know. What's the, um, what's the barbecue scene like there? Because I was watching a show the other day and they had a Texas barbecue critic on and he said that Kansas city barbecue was overrated. Oh my God. And I that the, it was mainly because they had good sauce but the actual meat itself wasn't as good as Texas barbecue. So I'm very curious because you've been here for quite some time, you know, longer than anyone else I know in that area. Is it legit? I feel like I need to find that critique or that critic or whatever and just kind of shoot him down because I don't really Ooh. think he knows what he's talking about. There are so many different good barbecue places here and some of them are known for their different things like some of them are known for their sauce and some of them are known for how good the meat is and how good it's seasoned and how good it's with like a dry rub um so when we first moved here we moved me in and we went to the leasing office got my keys and they're like we want barbecue and we went to this place called q39 mm -hmm. and they have really like they're known for their sauces and then i've had gates barbecue which has good sauce but i feel like it's also good without sauce um this one barbecue place which i took my parents to when they visited me last week started out of a gas station it's wow. called joe's and it is incredible they are not really known for their sauce i mean they have sauce but they're really known for like their meats um so kansas city barbecue is incredible and anybody who says otherwise i'm like mm -mm, no so it just kind of depends what you want. Then you can choose where you want to go. When you go to a restaurant, because I've never really done the full experience, like, are you ordering entrees and are there sides coming with this? Like, how does this yeah. work? Yeah. So when I went to our last barbecue place last week, I got a half a rack of ribs and then I ordered sides. Yeah. And you could do ribs, brisket's really good here. Like Kansas City brisket is amazing. That's like what they're known for, right? Uh yeah the, the sauce and the brisket isn't that or is it the the burnt ends is what i'm thinking oh no it's the burnt ends you're thinking okay. of the burnt ends. Okay. incredible okay. burnt ends here um if you're gonna get burnt ends i recommend going to jack stack they have some really good burnt ends but it really depends what you want out of the barbecue which i think is great in kansas city a lot of south places are known for certain things but when you come here if you want good sauce you go to one place if you want good meat you go to one place so it really depends what you want but um no what are the sides like what am i getting what are the sides? Yeah. Um, they have this thing called cheesy corn, which is incredible. It sounds disgusting, but it's like kind of tastes like mac and cheese, but it's corn that you're eating. And they put 
bits of ham and bacon in it. Oh God. That'll go straight to your thighs. Um, you can get that by a huge little bucket at Costco for uh -huh. $10.99. And I get that and take it to our like friends cookouts and stuff. Um, baked beans. They got good baked beans here. Coleslaw. Woo. Um, mac and cheese, but I don't really get mac and cheese. I'm only like a craft mac and cheese only type person. Oh, well, God. Try any other mac and cheese. And uh, what is the the beer scene there? Like, what what is Kansas City known for drinking wise? Because this place where I'm at, it is like all microbrewery. Like, beer mm -hmm. is everything, IPAs and sours and all the stuff yep. you can think of. It's incredible, um, which is bad for me because I want to drink less beer. But what what is it like over there? We have a really good brewery, the Boulevard Brewery. Um, right, which you're promoting. Yeah um they that's a pretty good local big brewery here um they you can get it at like any bar they have several different beers ipas and stuff i actually just started getting into beer to be honest i've been more of a wine drinker but i'm switching Same. over and getting the beer in my stomach is obviously um showing that so i gotta get the beer belly you know <laughs> yeah i i noted i was I don't know, going through old videos because I had lost my phone up at uh, Mount Hood at Timberline Lodge yep. and I just lost it in the snow. I, I'll, I'll probably never see it again. And I'm trying to recover old videos oh, and no. photos. I know. And, you know, I was asking people for certain things and I was going through and I saw like an old video of me in my fraternity room junior year and i the person filming me i just got out of the shower and i got nothing but a towel on i look terrible i'm like 15 20 pounds heavier than i am now oh my and god I just went, oh my god what like what the hell is wrong with you and i look back and i'm like it's because you were drinking so much beer yep like an insane amount like yep. that sounds terrible but it was bad and when i graduated i was like okay you can't be doing that every night because you have a job and so I would slowly kind of, you know, wean off the beer thing. And then to your point, I got super into wine. Yeah. And after I did that, I lost weight. Yeah. Because I wasn't taking in all those, you know, empty beer calories. Right. But being here now, wine is more expensive mm -hmm. and beer is super cheap. And it's very difficult for me to kind of go back and forth on that. But I, I, I'll always say I'm a wine guy at the end of the day. Yeah, I will too. So I have wine behind you, do you not? what yes i've got a whole what do we wine have here right there what do i have what kind of wine yeah. i got um pinots love pinots and a lot of red blends you're a pinot weird. fan yes love yeah pinot. i'm a pinot fan mm -hmm. we may so have talked about this because i i know we've i think your mom's into wine too right yes oh my gosh mom's into wine which i love when she comes and visits because she's like i brought you some wine it's like 10 yeah. bucks i'm like and it's not like the stuff that we're buying because you know on a budget it's like there's a twenty-five dollar yeah, you know, yeah. bottle of wine, and that's on the cheaper end. Anything over like fifteen dollars, you're like, ooh, you know. Ooh, this is fancy. Who yeah, died? Yeah, this is fancy wine. I actually have an app on my phone. It's called Vivino. Yes, my mom has that. You have that, and you mm -hmm. scan the bottles, so it keeps track of like all the things you taste. But it it gives you like a summary mm -hmm. and like reviews of wine, and then you can keep track of stuff you like. I mean, I, I know it makes me sound stupid, but um, I got made fun of for a lot of this because I actually joined a wine club when I was in Santa Barbara oh my god no and, way. yeah I know and I was like you know what I'm here mm -hmm. it's not Napa but they are known for their wine and I had heard that okay. Napa is overrated anyway it is and, yeah and so I walk into this place and 
I don't know, it was a Friday after work. I said, hey, man, I don't really know that much about wine. I said, I like it. And I want to know more about it. And I want to understand why people like certain types. Right. Why people join wine clubs. And this guy was so chill for like 45 minutes. He breaks it all down for what they had there. If you like this, this is what I would order. People that like this would order it this way. You know, this is where everything is grown. This is why it tastes that way, et cetera. And I fell in love with that because it was this full experience going there. It wasn't just like, oh, we're drinking this to drink. It was like an actual, oh, I'm experiencing this. And, and, oh, this is a new batch they have. And this one tastes different than this one. I was fascinated by it. So I joined the damn wine club and (laughs) they would send you bottles every quarter, which was fantastic. It was really good stuff, like $40, $50 bottles of wine. But the best part was any day you went in there, you and another guest got a free tasting as part of the wine club. So you'd pay for the wine club within, I don't know, 20, 25 visits. Yeah. I'd go all the time and it was free. Yeah. I and love that. Yeah. And I got super into it. But then after I moved here, I could not afford the wine club anymore. So I had yeah. to cancel, but right. I got super into it there for a while. Yeah. They have a lot of good wineries here. I mean, we have like a few. Yeah, how is that there? I was going to ask. What was that? Well, I was going to ask, what's it like there? Yeah, so we're big on, there are a lot of more wineries here because we have the more rural areas. If you go like outside, I mean, you have Kansas City here and then south is Overland Park and that um, like 25 minutes south of that, you'll get into rural areas and you can, there's a lot of wineries out there Um, and they bring it to like wineries in the city, but they'll, they're a local winery, but where you can do the tasting is in the city. So that's really cool. Um, like I said, some breweries here, but there's a lot more wineries, which I'm happier in. So is my um, beer belly. So it's nice. Yeah, I need to watch that too. Yeah. Okay, so. I need to go outside more and run. Well, now that it's warming up, I feel like I can get my ass back in gear with running more. But when it was, yeah. you know, 20, 25 degrees outside and there's snow on the ground, uh, it's not that easy to just go out and run. You know what I mean? What is the snow like there? Is it, I mean, does it snow every day for like a week or? No, it doesn't snow like, it's really powdery snow. It's, oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's not nearly as like slushy as I've seen in some other parts. Um, I would say pretty much from like October or November until just about a month ago, you know, you'd have snow on the ground periodically. But because it does get a lot of sunshine here and because it does get warmer, um, it doesn't stick on the ground like it does like in the Midwest. Like you go to Minnesota, it snows, that snows on the ground for months. Wisconsin, same type of thing here, very similar to Denver in that, you know, the mountain has great snowpack, great ski resorts, but the city itself wasn't impacted in a way that was incredibly bothersome or ridiculous. Like it was I mean, there'd be mornings where I'd walk out. I'm like, this is beautiful. You got Mm -hmm. snow on the ground. The sun is shining. I love that. And it wasn't really hindering too much of like my day to day. Got it. Our snows are like painful. I mean, you have. Is it the humidity that causes that? I don't know exactly what causes it, to be honest. But the snow here is like when you walk outside with the windshield on your face, you like. It's 
your nostrils are frozen inside. Like you can't blow your nose because you've got icicles. Like I'm not even being dramatic. Like it hurts your face. Um, it's just, it's brutal here when it snows. How cold is it getting? When I went to the Chiefs versus Pats game, the AFC Championship a while back, it was- Wow, you went to the AFC Championship. Hell yes, I did. We lost in overtime. We don't need to talk about it. Anyway, that was like negative seven with the windshield. Oh my God. See, it doesn't get that cold here. And then when we, when I went to the Super Bowl, um, I didn't go to the Super Bowl, excuse me. When we went to one of the bars here for the watch game for the Super Bowl this last time, when we also lost to Tom Brady, but we don't need to talk about it. We walked out and it was <laughs> Did like- Did you notice I never brought that up? Yeah, I, it's still- I didn't want to make you upset. It just, it gets me every time. I just- that well, Like I said, you're in, a, you're in a very good position to be in. He's going right. to be there for a long time. You'll be fine. That's true. I mean, I'm excited to see his whole career, but we just are so sick of Tom Brady. It's when we walked out, it was negative uh, six. Yeah, no. You're just you're so cold, you can't even walk. It just it hurts like your. No, it face, hits you. Yeah, you're like. And you you feel like your chest closes up, like oh yes. my god, you know what I mean? Yeah. And mm-hmm. you go into like survival mode, like you're not even like oh it's a little cold. You're like oh my god, this is. Yeah. This is next right. level. And I don't know how they play in that shit either because I, I've never understood that. That blows my mind. Like, how it. could you even feel your hand and throw the ball? I don't I don't. I, I don't can't know. fathom that. I can't wrap my head around that. I know that they have, like, obviously their parkas and stuff when they're not playing, but it just – when we – when they went into overtime with the Patriots, we were just like, we don't even care about the ending, but obviously we have to stay because it's the AFC Championship and you can't just like leave. Was but, that when Chris Jones jumped off sides? I think was so. it was it not that Chris was, Jones? No, that was so long ago. I can't really remember. Even though I say I'm a Chiefs fan, and now I sound like that was yeah, that was two years. I remember watching that entire game. Yeah, it was. Anyway, so when they went into overtime, I was like, Mm-mm, "We're going, we're going." So you left. No, I wanted to, but we didn't yeah. because we paid a lot of money for the game. But do you have I season leave. tickets? Huh? You have season tickets? I do have season tickets. Yes, I do. Where, and, where do you sit? Um, I'm like on the upper deck. I mean, like upper, but not too high. I mean, they're good seats. What's your I'm, viewpoint? Are you at an angle? Or are you level? I'm level on. Oh, really? I think I'm at the 40-yard line, I think. How did you get them? I feel like it would be very difficult to get season tickets. Because I'm a genius and everybody made fun of me. I said that they were going to win the Super Bowl and nobody believed me. So I got season tickets to get locked in and then they won and now I'm grandfathered in. So that's how I got really? them. Really? Yeah. But they weren't already sold out before that. Mm-mm. Wait, what do you mean? Well, I mean, like the Packers, for instance, I'm pretty sure that nobody can go and buy season tickets there because there's a waiting list that's like years and years long. Okay, you have to remember the Chiefs have sucked for many, many years. Right. So not a lot of people got season tickets. And then when Patrick Mahomes came, I mean, people were buying season tickets, but they weren't, there were really good deals with like Bud Light. They did something here where they had like Bud Light season tickets where you would. You were ahead of the curve. Yeah. And so I was like, they're going to win the Super Bowl. And everybody was like, no, they're not. And then they did. And now I'm grandfathered in. So I paid. Twelve ninety for two seats and um for a year for a year yeah 
they're probably worth like way more than that now. Oh, uh, 100%. When, so I had them last year, but then when the pandemic happened, they were only letting in, I think like 18% of capacity. So they called me and they were like, what do you want to do? Do you want to put it on pause or yeah. do you want to use your seats? And I was thinking that the Chiefs were going to win another Super Bowl. So he said, put them on pause. And my price <laughs> You got close. I know we got really close. Um, so I locked in the prices because if they were going to win another Super Bowl, they were going to shoot up. But I said, lock me in, keep my seats. So I had them for this year. But last season, when we were going to be playing the Packers, my seats per seat were going for four fifty a seat. Holy crap! So I was going to bank like I could bank. You'd make over double your money. Yeah, exactly. And so if, if I, I come to Kansas I, City and there's a game, yeah, we can go. Oh, hundred percent! I got you. Let's go. And then you could sell those tickets if you didn't go. Yeah, I can sell them, oh. and. So you can uh, make, you can make money off this every year for the next who knows how long. Yeah, and I'm not. Does your paying, price change? So it'll change a little bit every year, but like it's not going to change drastically. As if I had gotten season right. tickets after they won the Super Bowl, you would never get this deal again. You would never get this deal, but like I have a very good deal because I did it Damn. before, and I just was like, he's an incredible athlete, dude, and so I'm gonna you know, as I get older and can start saving a lot more money, I'm going to be spending a lot more money on those seats to like move them closer to mm. like increase the value of them. And then yeah, it's an investment them. almost at this point, because you, yeah. you were banking, you were seeing what they were and yeah. you were banking on what the next, you know, 10 years right. would be like with them. So that's yeah. smart and shit. Everybody's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, right here. Genius. So <laughs> 10 years, baby. I need to go there. Cause I've, I've heard nothing but good things. One of the girls I used to work with, she's from Kansas and she's a, you know, big fan of the tailgates they have there and yeah. she'd always rave about it. And, and I've heard nothing but good things about Kansas city. It's this growing place. Got a nice vibe to it. As you said, this young professional yeah. vibe. And mm-hmm. so it's like, you know what? I need to check it out. I've heard from people that it's like similar to Denver, but just on a smaller scale, that's which if that's too. the case, then you know, I'm game for that, especially from the sporting perspective. Like that's what I miss here is there's no professional sports. So I, I do miss that, but it's not killing me by any means. Yeah, that was, and that's kind of something that I thought about when I was living in Tulsa, there's no major anything. I mean, mean, you have have the college, right? Yeah. You have the college. I mean, you have OU and I was a bandwagon fan and became an OU fan, which their stadium was super cool. I've been to like two or three games. So oh, that's that awesome. badass. Right. But there's nothing in Tulsa. I mean, you have the Tulsa drillers, which is the affiliate of the Dodgers. So <laughs> LA Dodgers, what's up? Oh yeah. That's what I meant to tell you before we leave is, is I, I will congratulate you on them winning, even though it's, it's difficult for me to say as a Giants fan, but what was that moment like for you and you know, I know you and your dad have shared that together. And yeah. My dad and I are the same way. So what was that like for you guys, uh, you know, to finally, after all these, I mean, since you've been alive, they haven't done it. Yes. But they've yes, been so close so many times. Yeah. Thank you for that reminder. Yes. Thank you. They <laughs> haven't. Yes. I cried when I watched them win. I was in full on tears. I didn't talk to anybody throughout the entire series. Like everybody wanted to hang out with me those nights. And I was like, nope, I am watching the Dodgers win this. Like they've got this. And they won, and I like called my dad, and he was crying, and I was crying, and then he's like, "Okay, I've got to go," because he was emotional. <laughs> I was emotional. It's just 
that was just so exciting and it just ha- so happened to be the year after the chiefs won the super bowl so yeah. it was uh, you've gotten some good uh, luck your way with that i know i know but i mean the daughter should have won a long time ago <laughs> astros but we're not gonna disrespect any astros fans here but that just it's been they've deserved it they are they've been the best team in the league for the last i don't know six seven years right and they just and they just couldn't close and i mean i relished in it many times i rooted against them but a part of me at the end was kind of like you know what i know a lot of people that are fans Mm -hmm. as a giants fan i've been lucky enough to see them win it three times which i never thought would happen and so for me it was like you know what if they win that's going to make a lot of people happy and i didn't have a problem with that at the end i kind of i've i've let go of my allegiances towards teams right i wouldn't say let go of them but i've become a little bit more <laughs> loose with it uh, i don't even really watch giants games anymore i don't I mean, I, I grew up a Laker fan, but since LeBron's been there, I'm not as into them anymore. Mm-hmm. After living in Denver, I became more interested in just a good game. And I yeah. don't get so caught up in it, but there is something about watching a team your whole life. They haven't won. You've shared this relationship with your father. And yeah. in that moment, it's like nothing else matters. And you're just so happy you can't even explain it and it sounds silly because it's a team that they don't know who the hell you are no they don't but it provides a sense of community and inspiration hope whatever you want to call it but there's something about it and the relationship you form with your dad over that I think is why it's so emotional it's not so much the team as it is that bond and and same energy you guys get when something good happens right man I'm getting cheesy about the dads right now no, I know. But I you just, know what I mean. My, I remember I my dad cried after they won in 2010. I'd never I, seen him cry. Yeah, and he I know. Died. And it was I like, know. wow, this is crazy. It is crazy. My dad waited 50 years for them to do that, you know? know. And, and finally. That, it's just, it, it feels like you're like just a part of them, but you're not really. I know that sounds like so lame, but you see like Kershaw and Turner tear up and you're like, oh my God, like I want to be with them on that field. And I haven't been back to Dodger Stadium since they won. I was going to go for opening day, um, but they're, you know, we have season tickets and they're being, you know, LA County super strict. So it was like half capacity and you had to enter for a um, like a raffle to get the tickets. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah with that but I'm excited to go because they've kind of revamped everything and with like the you know world series champs I'm excited to see that on the and to see like what they've done with that so yeah I'll give you this one but I won't be uh necessarily in your corner moving forward but yeah I'm whatever I mean you guys it's still rivalries it is but I don't care about it as much anymore I know Uh, I so are you a big uh Denver Broncos fan then no I mean I rooted for them, but I, I'm still hardcore Vikings. I mean, I, that's the team I, I root for the most because they've never won a Super Bowl. They've come so close. My so dad close. has never seen them win. They're so, I cling on to that, and I'm waiting for that moment. With yeah. the Giants, it was like, oh, they won three times, and I'm just thankful it happened with the Lakers. I mean, I've been super fortunate with that. But with the Vikings, I just can't get past that one, and I'm waiting for that day where they finally do it and that would be an incredible moment you know just for me and and my dad but um I try not to get too wound up in it as much as I used to 
Uh, but yeah. if you ask anybody, they would say I'm a psychopath while I watch those games. But I would say I've changed a little bit. Well, it was, I mean, they got pretty close this last time, right? Like, and they were Lamar Jackson, right? Is that his name? Is it wrong team? Wrong team. You're wrong team. You're thinking of the Ravens, dude. Oh, this is awkward. You're thinking of purple, though. That's the same. Okay, well, they got close. Not your Vikings. Well, the thing is, is like, I think they're the most successful franchise in NFL history to never win a Super Bowl. If you look at wins, if you look mm -hmm. at playoff berths, if you look at Hall of Famers, history, the top 10 teams in like NFL history in terms of all of those things, they are a part of that. But the right. only thing that they don't have that everyone else has is a Lombardi trophy. And that is just, it's asinine at this point. Like, I just don't even understand it. There's been so many bad things that have happened and there's no clutch in them there's no closure there's no putting it away and i i'd like to say i have faith in them but i don't i just don't see i'm getting all wound up but um yep. so wait why them though like so is your dad my dad my dad uh for whatever reason growing up in the 70s they were the purple people eaters i mean they were the best defense in the nfl right they went to four super bowls in the 70s and they lost all four of them because uh, you had those great cowboys teams you had Steelers, yep. the dolphins they were fantastic but they could never close it and i think he started liking them from that point just stuck with it and that's how i grew up and that's just the way it fit. i've never even been to minnesota i have zero relation to it but yeah uh that is something that he and i have held on to for as long as I can remember and uh <laughs> I've I've questioned just giving up I've been like oh. why do you do this to yourself like just stop liking them no you can't do that but I, I I'm gonna I, I'll I will always have a you know a special place for them in my you know sports love but right uh there are trying days where I question the entire thing well, but you've seen play. you know both your football team and your baseball team win so you're chilling I mean, you should be good for the next 10 years, but I, no, if no, we have to win a lot more in the next 10 years. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. Well, on. you know, I mean, the Brady thing's awesome. Um, but I would hope that because the problem with like a Dan Marino is like he came in the league like Mahomes did mm -hmm. into a Super Bowl, never went back. He went, he lost, never went back. Right. Mahomes has already been there twice. They'll probably go again. They'll probably go again the year after that. Right. It's just a matter of can you afford everybody? Because once Mahomes becomes expensive, can you afford the rest of the team? So it'll be curious what they do. True. I mean, $405 million. It's not that much. Oh, it's going to be a deal in the end because 10 years from now, quarterbacks will be making probably $60 million a year. Right. So he's yeah. actually, he got a, I mean, the team got a great deal on him. They right. did themselves a favor. And that's good yeah. of him to realize hey, I can probably renegotiate this thing down the line if I need to, mm -hmm. but why would I sacrifice too much? Or why, why would I have to sacrifice so much that I can't make the right amount of money, but why would I bite off more than I can chew and be selfish? He kind of found a middle ground, I feel like. Yeah. Well, I hope the Vikings win for you. Um, we played them last year and we won, but I hope they win. And it's going to be a good win for you and your dad. I'm sure you guys will cry together, but I know. I hope so. That was, I don't know. It'll be like when the Dodgers won the World Series. It's just all the emotions, you know? You know, I had to actually that night uh, on the news, I had to do that replay of the game and them winning. 
And I thought how the irony of this, I've waited so many years to do this. This is my first like read on a yeah. sporting event and I did it unscripted basically. There you go. And I was like, the irony in this is insane because I hate, I've hated this team my whole life. And here I am, yep. you know, giving the story on them winning it all. But I, I don't know if I texted you that night, but I definitely thought of you and I thought, you know, a lot of people will be happy, family, friends. So whatever, I'll, I'll let it go. Right. And uh, yeah, I love that. That's the story you had to read. Just kind of like shove in your face or every time you, you know, <laughs> I know. it was like coming back to bite me in the ass after yeah. all these years. And, yeah, I, and I just kind of, I took it in. I mean, I didn't, I didn't want to battle it. I was like, embrace this moment like there's so much irony in this so I think I saw that on your Instagram story or something I was like laughing yeah I posted something I was like I bet he hates his story (laughs) I know (laughs) well I'll uh how about this I'll root for your Chiefs you root for my Vikings but don't make me switch on the baseball side and we'll call it square okay that's fair that's fair well I don't want to keep you too long but it's it's always good to talk to you and uh we need to do this more often and maybe I'll be able to run out to Kansas City at some point and uh see this tailgate firsthand and if that barbecue is really good I know we should you really should I'll get you guys the we'll go to a brewery winery Chiefs game Royals game if we can do it at the same time and you know then you'll be on your way all right we'll, we'll make it happen Okay. I love catching up with you. Thank you. For yeah, of course. Me. I know it's, it's been too long. Tell your family. I said, hi, and uh, I'll do the same for you as well. Okay. Thank you. Bye Morgan. Bye. Thanks for listening or watching. If you like what you hear and see, you can like share and subscribe. If you want to hear more peace. Peace.